Hey guys, it's Olivia, the host of For You From Eve. I'm so excited you decided to click on to this episode. This podcast was created to becoming a better version of our yesterday selves through the power of meditating, manifesting, and motivation. I upload episodes every single Monday, and I'm so excited to have you here. So let's go ahead and enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, I'm Haley Sunny. I'm a YouTuber. I'm a content creator on social media I've been on social media doing this for like like seven years now it's been a while um I'm 20 years old and I'm based in LA and I'm really excited to be here today thank you so much for having me yeah I'm so happy to have Haley here because I've been watching you for years and I always like related to you because my mom was born in Midyet so like I have those foreign roots I don't speak Turkish I know you speak Turkish I try to learn from your videos really do you watch my uh turkish channel yeah and i'm like my boyfriend speaks turkish so like oh, he okay. understands i make him watch with me and i'm like translate every single <laughs> that's so funny i i like forget that like i have a u.s audience that i'm probably like they're probably so confused like when they go on that channel because like a yeah. lot of turkish people can speak english because it's just mm-hmm. like a it's like taught in school and stuff yeah um but yeah they don't teach turkish here so yeah that's that your mom's Turkish though I bet we have so much like common ground yeah like your whole foreign parenting like a lot of my audience is Middle Eastern Turkish Syrian whatever it is so that's why also later in the episode I want to get into living that lifestyle because I feel like a lot of people are going to be like interested to hear it because your foreign uh like parents relatable video I sent to all my friends I was like guys this is literally us like I was freaking out it's so cool all the comments were like, I thought it was only me. And like growing up, it really does feel like it's only you like going yeah. through those things just because like, I don't know, at least for me, and I'm sure other people can relate. There was like the stigma around being like foreign or like being an immigrant. There still is to this day. I'm sure like, you know, we've broken those taboos way more in like 2021. But mm-hmm. like, I remember when I first moved to the US, I was like, eight nine something like that and it was like I would tell people I'm from Turkey and they would like make fun of the name of the country and it's like and I I like I was a kid I was like why are they are they making fun of me and so I would try to like hide it and stuff so in that video the like relating to foreign parents like Mm -hmm. that video all the comments were like oh my god this is literally me and it just felt nice I have I feel like we have a good like community on my channel now where we've like similar situations yeah I agree eight or nine is really young to like make jokes like I didn't get like jokes till like high school and they're all like playful jokes but like sometimes you're like god like that's pretty intense but eight or nine is young yeah like the jokes wouldn't like be as I guess like intellectually yeah I don't know they wouldn't like cut that deep I guess um (laughs) but they would just be like turkey turkey girl you know and it's like yeah you don't want anyone to make fun of you period no matter what the reason yeah. is if you're like eight and you just got, like started a new school you're the new girl mm-hmm. so yeah I'm over it now though <laughs> yeah and now you're like thriving off of it so yeah I definitely want to get more into that later but why don't you give a little background on how you started YouTube and how it was starting at a young age because I feel like everyone now is like I wish I started when I was younger but it was so hard to start it then because of people in school and everything so why don't you give a little background on that Um, so I've been like filming myself doing things like literally what we call vlogging nowadays. Um, I, I've been vlogging since I was like, 
I remember like getting our family like home camera with whatever you call it like the video camera like when I was six and just like being like hey everybody like talking to the camera as a six-year-old um so I just always knew that like I liked talking and like I would literally sit the camera down I wouldn't upload any of these videos by the way like I didn't even know how to use a computer yeah I didn't know how YouTube worked um I would just sit it down and I would like tell stories of like what happened at school that day and my parents always were like oh maybe she's like going to be an actress or something like that's what they thought because I like being in front of the camera and speaking but what I actually really liked was just like storytelling like that's just what I was good at I love talking I'll never shut up um so when so that kept going from like until I was six to like probably until I was like 11 12 and then I started my channel when I was in 2012 And I would upload here and there. I remember going on YouTube once and seeing an upload button and being like, wait, you can upload your own videos. Like I thought only famous people could like upload their music videos on there. Wow. Not like everyday viewers could see it. And then all my home videos, I started just like uploading them. Although like, you've probably done this. Like, have you ever filmed like a music video with your friends? Yeah, of course. All those posted on YouTube in one day. Like, I think I uploaded like 12 <laughs> videos in one day when I found out that, and I would send oh the link to like my family members. Like, that's what I would do. Oh my God. And this all started when I was living in Turkey because mm-hmm. like I mentioned, like I moved to the US when I was like eight, but I moved back to Turkey when I was like 11. So, and I really liked speaking English. Like I wanted to keep that going. So all my videos were actually in English, even though I was living in Turkey. Yeah. Um, and I think I consistently started uploading more towards like 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, like people would make fun of me in school, like all this stuff. And then it got to a point where my channel was growing really fast that people like, I feel like people make fun of you and until they like, wish it was them exactly yeah and then they stop (laughs) so it stopped Um, yeah and yeah that's kind of how where my youtube journey started and it's 2021 now and um definitely my content has changed but i'm still on youtube yeah it's definitely a lot more normalized now too like even like a few years ago like vlogs weren't like really a thing like it would be like weird like most people's like entertainment like funny or like q a's and trends but now it's like a lot of vlogs which i love yeah people just like to show what they're doing in their like lives Mm -hmm. they're very just like they use the platform very like transparently which i feel like it's a good thing um until it gets past that like privacy point I guess which mm. a lot of like, YouTubers struggle with um but yeah yeah I've always wanted to do YouTube like growing I tried YouTube in the past and I couldn't get past like people making fun of me in school like that's where I was like you know what I just can't do it I can't have my face and my life on camera so like I love watching content I like hope one day I can get into it and like just face it I feel like now I don't care I'm like in college so I'm like whatever like who's gonna make fun of me but it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. it's it's so much work like the number one thing all like influencers here is like oh my god you guys literally post like a random video and you guys get paid like Mm. and it's like well why don't you do it like why don't you try it go ahead if it's so easy like go do it it's open for everyone it's open Mm -hmm. to the public it's not only is like the content creation aspect of it difficult 
like where you have to like come up with a new idea every week and then execute it. Like you're your own producer, director, actor, like screenwriter. Yeah. Like you, it's like a one person show unless you're like, you know, um, I'm sure there's YouTubers who like, they just like doing the talking part and yeah. the production is just handled by someone else. But I love, like I loved, I felt like I added character to my videos by editing yeah. and that stuff takes like eight to 10 hours per video. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, it's pretty hectic. Um, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I feel like watching it. I'm like, Oh, I could do this. I could vlog, bought a vlog camera, like an editing program, everything. And I like saw my face in the camera. I was like, oh my God, this is weird. So it's like even having the guts to have your face and life on camera is so hard. And I like edited a few videos. Yeah. It takes hours, which is kind of fun to do if like, you know what you're doing. It's fun, but it's definitely not. And then like when sponsorships get involved, it's like a whole different thing. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people think when there's a sponsorship in a video, you just like put mascara on you're like, guys, it looks so good. But it's like, not like that. Like the minute a sponsorship comes in, a lot of the times like brands will book a call with you where they sit down and they do like a rundown of what, how the sponsorship is going to be like shot, um, posted, all the stuff. Mm -hmm. They send you like a deck, like a whole ass PowerPoint of like everything they want you to say, what they want the shot to look like. It's like, it's like homework in a sense. Like it does feel like work. Like there are steps that you need to follow. There are deadlines that you need to hit. And I'm not going to like come on here and act like being a YouTuber is like the same thing as like being a surgeon. Like Mm -hmm. I get it. But just like every job, I feel like we just don't get enough credit for the work that we do. Like, I agree. Just because it's like entertaining and like looks easy on mm. the, you know, the screen. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that people don't see the amount of work that goes into it. And they see like, oh, someone in finance, someone in marketing, like they work so much harder. But it's like content creation is so difficult. Like you have to be so creative to think of things. So much time for editing, sponsorships, like it's a lot. Yeah, definitely. And also like you, I feel like when you graduate from college and like you get a job, you start getting paid with being a YouTuber. It's like, I did this for like six years before I actually started getting like a decent like paycheck. It's like, you do so much free work to get to the point where you are being like paid like a good amount so that you can like financially support yourself you know yeah and people like can't go through that like can't go through the phases of doing it for free or like volunteer or whatever yeah that's why I think like starting as a kid Mm -hmm. was a good idea because I didn't I was like living with my parents like I didn't have bills to pay you know I was just going to school doing this on the side no one's paying me but it's fun I'm a kid you know I feel like I picked a good time (laughs) I, I agree like honestly the perfect time like I look back and now everyone that started at the time when I wanted to start is like living on their own and they have these brand deals and it's just like it's so motivating because like I could still start today like this podcast I started because I wasn't ready for YouTube like having my face on was just like a lot for me so I was like let me do a podcast where I can still talk but not have to like show my face and my life so much so like I'm kind of taking like baby steps to get there but just having a platform in general like obviously I have a very small platform but you like, you have a very grown platform. How is it like, do like, obviously you have your great community, but then you have the haters and you know, all that stuff. Like, how do you deal with that? I'm a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, like 
there's been days where I get like sucked into my DMs and I'm just like reading things and crying, reading and crying. And I like can't stop myself because like, you know, when people talk about you, when people say their opinion about you, you're curious. Like you want to know what they're saying. Like, it's like if someone at school was like saying stuff about you in the bathroom, let's say, and you heard them, like, would you leave? Yeah. Yeah. Like stick around to see what they're saying. And then imagine that times like a million or however many followers you have like in your platform. Um, It's been a lot of like learning how to like protect my energy. It's been like, I don't take it as personal anymore. I think growing up as a kid, um, I mean, the smaller your platform, the less the haters and then the more you grow, they grow with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, as I got older, I kind of realized like if someone is saying something mean to me, they're probably going through stuff. Yeah. That's how I started thinking about it because personally, like I would never, even if I had my opinion about what someone did that was wrong, I would never like DM them and bash on them. So if someone is doing that, then it's like, is it worth taking their opinion into consideration? They're probably going through something and they want to take it out on someone. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've started empathizing with the haters where I'm like justifying their actions in my head. And honestly, it's helped me. It's like, it's helped me like not let it like sting me as much. Um, but then there's all, also people who are very like rightful, like in their criticism and that I always appreciate. Like I've, I'm, I've been on YouTube for years. Like I've posted a video every week, obviously in a few of my videos, I've like said something that's like fucked up and I don't even realize while I'm editing. And then I post it and people are like, yo, like, we know you, we've been watching your videos. We know that's not your character, but like what you said came off as X, Y, Z and it hurt yeah. me. And then I'm like, I, there's literally so many like comments I've made in the past or like replies where I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think of it that way. Like, I'm so sorry. And I've taken down videos just because I'm like, uh, because I've unintentionally like hurt a group of people, let's say. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. just, it's a thing that you need to learn how to balance. Um, and it's a learning progress. Like I still sometimes read a comment and it'll mess up my entire day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like haters, it's, it is really sad for them because like you said, what they must be going through, like for me to even be at a low point with myself to think something about someone. So it's like thinking it, writing it, sending it. It's like, what are they going through? Like, exactly. Like it's crazy. So it is sad for them because it's like, they're taking time out of the day to write you a nasty comment, but it sucks. Like I've obviously I've never gotten like anything like that. My platform's not really like that grown yet, but it's like, if they were to point out something that I know about myself, like even people in real life, like if they point out something that I'm like confident in, I like, it goes past me. But when they point out something you're insecure about, you're like, Oh my God, other people see it. Like they know too. Mm -hmm. All the physical appearance comments, literally like they don't even like bother me yeah or like I've gotten to a point where it's like if you're criticizing someone's physical appearance that they have no control over it's like girl like you have some growing to do so yeah. it's like we're not even in the same playing field like mm-hmm. you know, I'm not gonna li- like hear them out if that's what they're saying yeah. but it's sometimes like they'll say things like um oh my god like the other day I like went off on my Instagram stories about abortion rights and obviously yeah. like and I'm the type of person where on my platforms I bring up a lot of those controversial yeah. just because I feel like conversation makes a good way to like learn from each other like 
especially in topics like this where it's like come on like can you please empathize with the situation so yeah. that you understand um but my dms like filled up with the nastiest comments and it's like things like that that's when people are like criticizing like your intellect i take it way more personal than if someone was like oh my god like what is that outfit or like your hair is ugly yeah i was reading through those the dms you were getting and there's also just a big difference of like bashing someone's opinion and being like okay like that's how you feel but this is how i feel and like you know whatever so i was reading through like all your stories and like reading dms i was like oh my god i can't even imagine what i would do if i got a dm like this like i praise to you because i don't know what i would deal with like rude people i can't i like was very hot-headed mm-hmm. um like in the past few years I'm like way more chiller now but like if I got a bad if I got a dm that I'm like this is wrong like I need to like step in I need to like protect myself or like protect whatever I'm fighting for in that comment um I would like go back and reply and then it would be like an ongoing conversation with this random stranger and it's like at the end of the day if someone isn't willing to have a productive conversation with you I just realized like just remove yourself from the situation because it's gonna like bring you down more than it would like you know like any benefit Mm -hmm. to the situation at all yeah even with people you know in real life like real friends or something like you're not gonna have the same opinion with everyone you're friends with and it's like if you're talking to some like people that you talk to and it feels like you're talking to a wall is the most aggravating thing when you know you're right or like you know your opinion you don't really like you know your opinion is not going to shift and people just like won't empathize. It's so aggravating. Yeah, definitely. It's like just block. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But um, going back to like when we we're talking about the physical appearance, like you don't really get phased by comments like that. I know you're very open on your YouTube. Your YouTube's like more like a sit down, like yeah. TMI. Like I love that. First of all, I love the whole like switch of the series. I think it's so important because it's so hard to talk about those things and like get on and talk about it. So I want to talk a little bit about your like self-love journey because mm-hmm. I personally have, I feel like a lot of women have gone through, you know, feeling insecure, feeling low. And personally for me, like a reason I didn't start YouTube was because of my skin. I was always like, no, I'm going to edit it. And I just look at my acne. I'm like, that's all I can see. Or no, by the way, what you're glowing right now. Are you serious? No, it's really you're glowing bad. since the beginning of this podcast. Oh my God. It's so bad right now. I can't No, Maybe it's the lighting's making it not look that bad, but it's, it's pretty bad. No, it's my first time wearing my hair natural and it's because of you and like you were matching. (laughs) Yeah. Like we have like the same type of hair and I was watching your videos. It's like, I literally have the same hair. So I use like the products you used and like, I made it happen. My hair is like short and I think if it was longer, it would look better. But once it I mean, my hair, well, I didn't do my whole routine yet, mm-hmm. um, but like it's the Turkish hair in us. It and is. Curly wavy hair method in order to like shine through or else it just like explodes. And yeah, like growing up, I always wanted straight hair and now I'm like, okay, I'm Middle Eastern. Like I have to embrace mm-hmm. these curls. Yeah, um, exactly. I love it. But thanks for the skin comment. I'm, I'm working on it, but it's, but that's like a big thing that I've always been insecure about. And then it's like, I see people with acne and I don't think of them the way I think of myself. So it's like, everyone's fighting their own battle with their body, their, you know, what's kind of your opinion on like breaking through that and just like not caring about like what you look like, like kind of just like life is too short to not leave my house because I'm breaking out type of thing, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, 
it was a long journey. Mine was more so like I was so focused on my body. Um, and just like from like 15 to like 17, I literally, or like even 14, like 14 to 17, those three years, even though it like sounds short, I like made it so long for myself because I was just like suffering through it. Like it was just like not a fun time for me. Um, and it was because like, I wanted that perfect Instagram body. Like I wanted the Alexis Ren waist and butt and like boobs and like just that whole Instagram glorified look, I guess. Um, And I would, you know, like count calories. I would overwork myself at the gym and it got to the point where I like, and I like had full like body dysmorphia because I would look in the mirror and like be like, oh my God, like I have fat here. Like my thighs are too big. Like, and looking back at those pictures, I look like unhealthily skinny. So I think the main shift happened when I decided, like I've done a whole video about this. It's like 30 minutes long where I go into detail. Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah. Every single stage of the journey. But like, just to recap it, I was kind of like in a battle with myself. Like I was like, Haley, why did you eat that? Like, why did you eat that cupcake? Like, that's so bad for you. Like, it's going to make you fat. It's not healthy. Like kind of, I guess, hiding behind the idea that I was trying to be healthy when in reality, I was literally limiting myself from eating the food I needed in order for my body to thrive. And then one day I like read this quote that was like, your body is your home and it's the only place that you're going to live in until the day you die. And if you, in real life, if you didn't like your home, like you would never like break the walls and like break the windows and like sit in the middle and like cry it out. Like what you would do if you don't like your home is like you paint the walls and you know, like you decorate it and you make it homey and you like take care of it because that's like your place. And that really like flipped a switch in my head where I like had a like epiphany where I was like, it was almost like I was like talking to my own self or like that ego that I had built that was constantly telling me what to do with myself. And I was like, I'm so sorry that I've like treated you like shit for the past few years when in reality, like your body fights to keep you alive every second of the day. Like from the minute that you wake up, like you get hungry because like we're literally wired in a way where our body, like survival of the fittest, like biologically, you know? Um. So when I kind of like realized, like, I'm like getting in the way of myself from thriving, like I'm literally doing this to myself. Like I started changing the way that I thought about like the meals that I was having, like, instead of being like, how many calories is that? Like, is that carbs? Like I started being like, what nutrients is that? Like, what does my body need right now? Like, I just woke up. I need energy. Let me make myself a smoothie with like dates and bananas because like my body needs that right now. I'm hungry, you know, whereas previously I would be like dates are too many calories like bananas are too many calories Mm -hmm. so it was just like a shift like that and honestly I also like started getting a little bit more spiritual and I kind of realized like for example with you like Mm -hmm. you said you're insecure about your skin and Mm -hmm. I know that like you can't just like tell someone like your skin is fine like don't be insecure about it yeah to learn on your own but like since the beginning of the podcast I haven't like for a second been like oh, like, like analyzing your skin, you know, like, wow, what a smart girl. She carries herself so well. She's so chill. And Uh like, (laughs) 
that's like the only thing that I'm thinking yeah. about. Like, I, and I'm like, I love her hair. Like those are <laughs> things that I like think about in my head. And I'm yeah. like, I would never pick a friend or like someone to hang out with based off of their physical appearance. Yeah. Like, I want them to be a good, honest, smart person. And that's what matters in the world. Like we have this like spirit and our body essentially is just a way to carry it around. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of like went into depth with no I love it like I love what you said about the home and just in general when you said like no matter how many times you tell me oh your skin's beautiful at the end of the day until I believe it like I'm not gonna know and I think a big thing because I started to work out in like January and like my whole life I played sports and whatever so I never gained weight I never focused on what I was eating like I was just always active And then in January, I started to work out and I started to become obsessed with working out. What am I putting in my body? How many calories is this? I was tracking my calories and all this stuff. And I knew it was wrong. I knew I was falling into unhealthy patterns, but all I cared about was seeing physical progress. And for months I was like that. And then in May, I sprained my back and I was working out like six times a week. Like I was overworking my body. And then in May, I sprained my back and that let me like sit back and be like, okay, like you need to stop, relax, like realize what you're putting your body through. Like kind of just like you said at the end of the day, no one's cares. Like no one's looking at, no one's who's secure with themselves is looking at you and saying, oh my God, her skin's bad. She gained weight in her stomach. Like mm-hmm. people who are insecure with themselves will think those things, but people yeah. who are happy and secure are not going to be thinking those things about you. And that's like an important thing to remember. And you don't want to be around people who are going to point those things out. Like I've been around people that have pointed my skin out and like, you're breaking out a little bit bad today. And it's kind of just like, like, I know, like, no shit like I look in the mirror and I'm like oh you think I don't see my skin too like I know that but it's like now I don't care like genuinely I'm like why would I not like I used to not leave my house because I'm like I'm breaking out I don't want people to look at it I don't want to cover it with makeup you know and now I'm just like at a point where I'm just like why am I going to stop living my life because of something no one even cares about you know mm-hmm. people are so focused on themselves and and in a way where they're like so focused on like what do other people what are other people thinking of me right now like everyone is thinking that in their head so essentially no one is thinking about like what other people look like like if I go out into the world and I like meet someone super nice like in the supermarket or something I'm not gonna I'm gonna come home and be like wow that person was so kind like who goes home and then thinks to themselves like, oh my God, that girl that we saw in the supermarket, like, did you see her body? Like, you know, like, like life really is too short to live. I mean, to not live. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're always thinking about these things. Sorry. Um, And I like started thinking like, bro, like what if I die in a car crash in a week? Um. Like the last thing that I am going to die with is like being insecure with Mm -hmm. my body. And yeah, it's, again, it goes back to this like spiritual thing that I'm feeling where I'm like trying to be more present, you know, like less up in here and more like experiencing the world like mm-hmm. every second. And it, it just has really helped me like that mindset shift. I agree. I'm very religious. And recently I've been into law of attraction and like manifesting. And I kind of like use that spirituality into my religion. Like I, you know, combine it and it's honestly like law of attraction manifestation. It works and it's so empowering. Like mm-hmm. 
it's like, I look at myself and I'm like, I have clear skin. I have clear skin. Like I have 10 pimples on my face. I'm like, I have clear skin. I have clear skin. And every single day, whether my skin's getting clear or not, I'm learning to accept my skin the way that it is. Like I'm thanking my body for functioning instead of hating on it for not losing weight faster, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think about this a lot too. I'm like, I have like two legs that work perfectly. Like I can dance, I can jump, I can run. And it's like, I'm sure there are people that literally they don't would not care what their body looks like, but they just would want their body to like, you know, function in that way. Uh-huh. So it's just like, it's just like a reminder to like, not take things for granted. Like, like we said before, like life is really too short to like yeah. make it difficult for your own self. Yeah. Like literally no one cares. Like actually no one cares. Like I, that's when I started realizing like, I was doing like a chemical peel on my face. And so my skin was like peeling everywhere. And I was like, okay, I actually don't want like, this is disgusting. Like I don't need my house. My friends were like, you better leave your house. Like, we just want to see you. They're like, we don't care about your skin. Like we want your company. And that makes you realize it's like, okay, like people actually don't care, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that was a really like deep topic and definitely like sensitive for some people, but I feel like it needs to be heard and people need to know that like everyone goes through this, like no matter how pretty you are, how big your following is, no matter what, like you're going to go through this because it's like everyone fights battles with themselves every day. Um, so yeah, that was, was really deep. So we'll get into a lighter topic of like okay. <laughs> growing up in like a foreign household, but yeah, that was definitely a really important conversation you know, to have. And I like wanted you to talk about it because you're so open with it on YouTube. And it's like, every time I watch it, I'm like, Oh my God, she's so like, it's so hard to be open like that. So it's so awesome and inspiring all the time. Thank you. I mean, if I can just like, if one person watches my video and they're like, Oh my gosh, you went through like a really similar thing that I went through mission accomplished for me. I just want, I feel like we've had these conversations with ourselves like like you said they're like internal battles and no one has really like no one puts it out there like that's why people say like social media is like your highlight reel of your life yeah like it's not people like behind the scenes I go through the same things you go through the same things and she goes through the same things like when you also realize like underneath it all we're all the same it like it's more comforting being able to like approach those people like you don't feel like everyone is out like judging you and like criticizing you all the time exactly yeah it all starts from within once you're happy with yourself and I'm like getting to that point of like self-love and just being happy with myself makes such a difference like you don't care about like going out with someone you're like they look better than me like that doesn't run through your head anymore like you're truly just like living your best life and I feel like I still have people around like me that do think like that and do talk like that about other people and it's like I'm shifting out of the mindset of like oh that girl I don't like like I'm not sending her pictures to the girls group chat anymore you know whatever like we've all been there and I'm like at that point in my life where I'm 20 and I'm just like like every day should be focused on making myself better instead of like dragging other people down yeah a hundred percent and I think everyone goes at their own pace. I'm sure there's 25 year olds that drag people because they're still insecure within themselves. And like I said earlier, like, I'm just like always giving people the benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, no, they're going to get to a point where they grow and they realize like, it's shitty. Like you, you shouldn't be judging other people. It's more so like turn inwards and like figure out what's missing from like within you that is making you like not be so nice on the outside 
Exactly. Yeah. And it's definitely who you surround yourself with by like everyone says you're the average of your five closest friends. And like once you see that you're growing and other people that are like in your circle aren't growing, you just have to like slowly distance yourself. Like recently I've been very just like it's all over my TikTok, but it's like being that girl. And it's like waking up at 545 and my phone's on do not disturb. And it's like as corny as it is to be like that girl. It's like it's really just like like representing um, improving yourself like putting my phone on do not disturb not checking group chats because sometimes like things hurt you you see people hanging out without you and you're like okay I'm hurt like why did I go on snapchat today to see that you know so just like shutting yourself off from social media like I shut off my notifications I keep it on to like I keep the app to like do things like this and like expand my platform but other than that like I'm done scrolling like I just it's so overwhelming yeah I did you watch the documentary the social dilemma i didn't but i heard about it so it's like this it was basically this documentary where it kind of goes like people who've worked in these tech companies in the past kind of go into detail as to like why the algorithm like how it's wired it's like basically like set up in a way where they want you to be addicted to the app and your phone so that they get people more people using it for longer periods of time because it's more ad money and like more like basically money for them yeah and the number one way that they get people like they're the notifications that you get are like set up in a very specific way where it's like you'll you'll want to go on instagram if you see like at this person mentioned you in a comment like yeah if you see someone mentions you in a comment like you click it and after I watched that show, I turned off every single one of my like social media notifications. Like I just have like texts and like phone calls and that's it. Like, and Coinbase (laughs) for finances. Yeah. Um, But every other notification is like turned off Mm -hmm. and it's cut my screen time by like half. I recommend everyone to start doing it. I like, I don't care who liked my picture anymore. Like, I want to live my life like if I'm spending like five hours a day on my phone that's like one almost one-fifth of your life being spent in a virtual like screen whereas like we have this beautiful gorgeous world to experience outside of us so yeah turn off your notifications yeah it really helps it really does I deleted snapchat tiktok instagram notifications are off twitter facebook deleted like it's I like genuinely get upset if I like like if I'm scrolling and I realize how long I've been scrolling on TikTok I'm genuinely upset I'm like oh my god I 30 minutes I've been in my bed doing nothing but scrolling yeah. like it's so draining mm-hmm. I agree um but yeah that's something that's definitely improved me so going to foreign households um yeah. I feel like I'm like on FaceTime like this is just like <laughs> we're just like talking we're like jumping from here and there but I love it it's like so raw and real yeah, 100%. I agree. It's been fun so far. Yeah. So foreign household, I grew up a little bit different for me because I know you like your parents really didn't like know English or anything when you moved here. My dad went to college. My mom was a little bit more foreign. Um, but like I went into school only knowing Aramaic. I didn't know any English. So like I know you kind of like, you know, relate to that. So what I really want to talk about is being a woman in a foreign household because stricter you know with dating yeah like bikini pictures dating going out once a week being home by 10 p.m like I went through this until I kind of graduated high school and then it was like okay you're your own person like you make your own mistakes your own decisions 
the being in high school and dealing with that, just like give a little advice because I know you went through it. I went through it too, but I know so much of my audience is in that like little community. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I could probably film a whole entire podcast episode about just this topic because I got a lot to say about it, but basically, especially with Middle Eastern parents, um, there's a very like specific way that they themselves were raised. The culture is completely different. So the way that women are even like represented, the way that they're perceived in that culture is different than how it is in 2021 and how it is in like America. Um, so I remember when we first moved here, my dad would always like, be like, that's too short, you know, don't post a bikini picture on Instagram. That's too much cleavage. Like literally to the point where like, if I was wearing leggings and like a crop top, like he would be like, you need to tie something around your waist, your ass is out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, in high school, I didn't really know a lot about like female empowerment, like why the gender dynamic is so imbalanced in this society it's because of little like things like that um where like you know just the way that you're raised like this narrative that you're constantly like fed where it's like no like don't wear that because men will look at you and like I would sit down with my parents and be like why are you doing this to me and they would be like look like it's really not even about you it's just the fact that like because they grew up in Turkey where there's first of all there's like suppression of just like females doing whatever they want and also like things like sex are like not talked about people like don't really have like boyfriends and like have sex with them and then get a new boyfriend and then have sex with them you know it's like yeah they'll have boyfriends but it's like they get married and like that's usually the first time sex like here in America people lose their virginity like when they're like 15 16 like in Turkey, it doesn't work like that. I mean, at least when I just had moved here, like in 2015, you know, yeah. it still does not work like that. Um, yeah, I'm not saying like Turkey is like, you know, stayed in the past, but it's like different countries develop in different speeds. Yeah, that's just the case. And it's just like a culture thing too. And because of that, like my dad would know that like I don't know if he would know but he would just be like other men look at women and then sexualize them and like objectify them and I just don't want someone to do that to my daughter yeah been around it like I've seen guys do it like when they're talking about girls and it's like it happens and then a lot of the times it can be a situation where like you know like it can lead to sexual harassment or assault and it, it in a way it was like in the bigger picture, like, I guess to protect us, mm-hmm. but now that I'm like way older and like, I kind of understand like, no, like you're just adding to the narrative but because by saying like, I'm trying to protect you. You're also saying like, you're also like, kind of like objectifying a woman's body. Like now, I, like I've been talking about like spirituality for like 30 minutes into this, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like being a female is just like, you have this power to you like we fucking give birth like we have these children like do do not turn us into an object when we have this like literally like magical power within us yeah we bring life into this world there's a phrase it's not every man but every woman so going back to like men looking at us that way like 
yeah, of course men get, you know, sexually harassed, which is like so sad, but it's like every woman that walks down the street is being looked at. A hundred percent. And I feel like, you know, doing things like not posting bikini pictures on Instagram because you don't want men to like look at you it's like not solving the problem it's more so like we need to go back and like educate that new generation of males to like hey what you're doing right now by like sexualizing this woman is actually like adding to this fucked up like patriarchy that's like keeping women like at a lower point like among like the population like they aren't being respected, they're getting paid less, like it all goes back to the same like core point why this all started. It's like we aren't just like baby makers and then we get married to men and like that's it. Like there's so much more to us and it's like it's sad that we literally have to like in 2021 like have to say that. Like going back to the abortion rights thing like it's 2021 people in my dms are still trying to tell me what i can and can't do with my body like yeah if, if a cluster of cells can't survive someone like said this perfectly like in my dms and i like even reposted it like a follower if a cluster of cells can't survive without the mother like outside of the mother's body then you can't tell her what she can and can't do with it mm-hmm. like that thing is dependent on her so she makes the decision there yeah and So that's like the first thing, like to this day, like even when my dad will be like, oh, like, you know, that's a kind of a revealing shirt. I'm just like, and yeah, like, what does that mean? Like, I'm not, you know, like we shouldn't be covering up because we don't want them to think like that. Like they should be. We should be educating them to not look at us that way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like they shouldn't be so focused on like the amount that they're focused on dress codes in high school. Like the amount of fights I've gotten into yeah like with teachers who are telling me I can't show my shoulders because it's distracting to men it's like you're making me think about something that they never have to think about and like by you telling me like I can't do that you're even like turning it up in there where I'm like thinking about it even more like why are you prioritizing their education and them getting a good thing then like you just distracted me by telling me that my shoulders are like turning someone on yeah it's just it just makes me really mad and like frustrated, but I agree. Yeah. Like I love tradition. I love my culture. Like really at the end of the day, like I love, I have a big community of like Turkish Syrian people here. Like I love what I come from, but of course there is that stamina of like the, the picture of the perfect woman in the community, you know, the innocent, the, the one, who, you know, whatever. But now I feel like we've proved our point. Like we're working, we're making money. Like there's so many women in my church who are becoming nurses and teachers and like all this stuff. And it's so like empowering because my mom works and a lot of people in the community, and this isn't like shutting down the community, but it's like a lot of the women don't work, you know, like they're the husbands work and a lot of the women don't, which is fine. Like that's just how they were grown up. That's their tradition. But I feel like now it's really switching and it's like women can work too. Women can make the money too. And I definitely see that switch within like the community where like, obviously we live in different areas. So our communities are probably different, but just in the community that I have here, like I see that switch of like women being taken more seriously. I mean, it's about time. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even going back to like women being looked at and like, you know, going to the gym and like wearing leggings and a sports bra and you're going into the gym and you're like, I know men are going to look at me. I know they're going to look. And it's like, 
it's like that's supposed to be like your safe spot or like you know your place where you get rid of it like guys are coming up to you and they're like oh can I get your snap and you're like I'm literally lift like get the fuck away from me like I'm lifting right now and you're like coming up to me like it does suck because I personally like I really hope it changes but I don't see it changing like men will always you know there's men that shoot their shot respectfully in a restaurant like okay fine whatever but like when you're being looked at walking through like New York it's so aggravating and I'm like I'm gonna look back like if you're gonna stare at me I'm gonna stare right back at you and make you feel just as uncomfortable as you're making me feel it's so aggravating and that's like something that I understand why our parents or our grandparents like that's why you need to cover up like you know I get it because they see it but at the same time it's like I shouldn't be changing who I am. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's it's definitely. I I honestly do think that it's going to get to a point where like, it is going to change. Like, at least I have, I have hope for it because it's definitely been like a, it's been like a linear progression, you know, like, yeah, it's been slow. We could speed it up, like, please. But like, I feel like it is going to get to a point where, you know, we can do whatever the fuck we want. We can wear whatever the fuck. I mean, there are still like, me walking around, for example, like West Hollywood, I never feel like I'm like being, you know, like stared at versus like when I'm, I don't know, I like don't want to like bag on Turkey because like I I see potential in Turkey. Like I know that things are going to change there at some point too, but it's like in Turkey, if I'm going on like public transportation, I am not going to wear a crop top. Like And it's not even because like, I'm trying to like, you know, add to this um, patriarchy and contribute to it and, you know, like continue the narrative by covering up, but just because I'm like worried about my safety, like it gets to a point where it's like, I want to fight for what I want to fight for, but I can't do that if I'm like, I have trauma and I'm like, you know, not safe. Um, So it's like, different depending on where you are but obviously like areas that are more progressive and that have like you know like there are communities where the female to male pay is like way more equal than it is maybe like in some rural area um and I think in those communities women can also wear whatever the fuck that they want and they just walk around and like that's just like they don't have to feel like they need to like you said like change who they are or like have that thought go through their head where every time you get dressed, you have to like think about something as disgusting as like someone like sexualizing your body. Yeah. Like, I just want to wear something cute and like be okay with it. Like get yeah. over it. Yeah. Um, I think there is going to be change. It's just going to, it's just going to take something like if someone does catcall you or whatever, depending on the situation, like obviously yeah. you should make sure that you're safe before anything else. Um, like I call people out too like I'm like mm-hmm. what if I was your daughter like you want that you want someone to do exactly. that to your daughter yeah it's like such a like it's just a lack of empathy I think mm-hmm. yeah my biggest curriculum. yeah exactly and one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone says like don't wear that like don't take a picture like that like men are gonna look at you this way if you take a picture like wear that and I'm just like and I'm like, who gives a fuck? Like, if I feel cute in my crop top and my shorts and whatever, and honestly, like, I'm a pretty conservative dresser just for, like, that's the style I like. Not that I like whatever. Not for any reason, but that's just, like, how I dress. And it's, like, if one day I want to post, like, a picture and, like, maybe my butt is out a little or, like, something, it's, like, 
who cares? Like, it's not my problem that people are going to look at that in their own way. Like I'm in a relationship. People should know better. Like, you know, like I have these people behind me that are like, why would you say anything? So yeah, that's definitely one of my biggest pet peeves just as being like a female in this world right now. It's I know rough. like the whole Instagram thing is so annoying. Like, mm-hmm. like every bikini picture, like even it's honestly like so, like so much goes into it. Like the fact that the algorithm picks up on um bikini pictures more like they get more likes and they get pushed more because people spend more time like instagram detects how many seconds that you spend looking at a picture and the more seconds that you spend looking at a picture the more similar pictures that they're going to recommend to you so like because like people stare at bikini pictures for longer they get recommended more and then you get more likes like it's just like the whole entire like system of it that is just so like it's really fucked up like it's almost like you know like they know that they're gonna make more money off of those things Mm -hmm. so they like push it more and like it's also like adds to that beauty standard that we were talking about earlier yeah exactly um it's almost like been an hour. So like we're, I love it. Oh, like really? I, yeah. Like I didn't even notice. I just looked at the time and I was like, wow, like this literally feels like a FaceTime. I want to also talk about mm-hmm. Illy Baby because I've been like following like so cute, the whole aesthetic. So I just want to like end the episode with you talking about why you started it, the message behind it and everything like that. Okay. Awesome. Um, I get really excited to talk about it because so I, Baby is literally my baby right now. It's mm-hmm. like what I'm trying to like, grow up grow and like raise um so illy baby clothing line for those of you watching that don't know and i launched it this february and i honestly have had the idea for a while like i've always wanted to do a clothing line um just because honestly i wanted to have a clothing line not because i was like i wanted to have like a brand but more so because i wanted my community and like my followers to be able to wear something where it's like you know i see that like we are like a family, like they're repping me. Like I'm wearing something. I love that, yeah. It just makes me happy to see like, I guess like that someone supports me and like, yeah, we're like that community. So it was more so going to be like a more like a merch feel. Um, but anyway, so the idea was kind of just like a seed in my head. And then when it actually like started going into development was like a few months into the pandemic because it got to a point where like looking at the news literally felt like you were reading like a fiction book. Like it just like every day there was more bad news on top of each other. And the whole like ethos of Illy Baby is just this like universal idea of like, we're all human. We're all on this spinning rock in space. We're all made up of the same things at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And also like when it comes down to it, every single one of our goals is like everything that we ever fight for is literally to be happy to find people that we love and care about to spend that time with and just to be content. Like that is what everyone, like all these wars, like all these fights, like, like it all comes down to that one thing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted like the clothing and like the message to kind of like represent that. Like it literally says, I love you, baby. The most like universal term, like anyone in the world will, you know, like know what that means. It's just like something that like you, you just get it, you know exactly what it means. And if you're wearing something like that, like it's it's written on the back. So I kind of wanted to be like, since the world was such a dark, like negative, like place, 
if you're walking on the street and then you see someone on the back of their shirt, it says, I love you, baby. It's like, I might not know you and I might not know your story, but like, I'm here for you. Like I have love for you. And it just felt like something that we kind of needed in, and we still do. I mean, we're not, I don't think the world is fully recovered or not even close to the point where I want it to be, where we are all kind of like living in harmony, still like a long way ahead. Um, but I just wanted to create something that kind of like stood for that message. So it's all about this like idea of like, I love you, you love me. And we're all just like made of love. Like that's yeah. just how it is. I love that. I think especially during that time, that's so important. I think during quarantine, there was a lot of like people like getting back together because we were all like everyone in the world was going through the same thing. So like even through TikTok and Instagram, it was like, we were all connecting in these like weird ways and there is so much hate in the world. And I don't want to like get super political, but you know, like racism and all these things like do happen in our world and it's heartbreaking. So I love the fact that it's like a message to someone you completely don't know. That's just like standing behind you in line at a grocery store. And it's like, I love you. You know what I mean? Like I love that message. And I know like Kendall Jenner, like has a tattoo on the back of her neck that says like, you're beautiful. So like if someone's standing behind her, like they see that. Yeah. So like, I love little things like that. Um, it's so cute. The whole aesthetic is like red and white. It's so cute. I like stalked Instagram. It's, I love it. I'm very proud of it. And it's amazing. And everyone listening or watching should definitely go cop it. It's going to be linked in the description. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I love it so much. So cute. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and we're like, I'm trying to expand the line right now. We have like a summer collection and a fall collection coming up. And I think a lot of these topics, like I starting off, it was just like, I love you, but moving forward, I want future collections to be like standing for like an organization or like another message, like just like to have this ongoing theme, because I don't think these are like political topics anymore. Like things like racism, it's like, it's, it's like not, I, it should not be politicized because it's like, it's a human rights issue at this point. It's just a humanitarian crisis. Mm -hmm. And like with every draw, I want that to like do something for those communities because, you know, it's easy like slapping some words on a sweater and being like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like it just represents love. Like, even though we do need that, I also want it to have like, um, you know, like a substantial like effect on these problems that I want to like help with the merch um so hopefully like in the future I can partner up with like organizations or just like individuals creatives um so I can like highlight someone's voice um with clothing yeah I think that's awesome when COVID first started I like had this little program that was like a mental health like packet and it was basically like mental health exercises just you know, because we were in such a dark time and all home, like mental health was such a big thing. So I created this packet and it was like $5 and like all that was donated to like frontline workers. Cause that just like was relatable at the time. It's like, that's who we were thinking. And this is what we were going through. So I like the idea of like having an organization because unfortunately there's so many tragedies in this world where we have all these organizations and all these reasons to like fight for. So I think that's like a great idea that you're using your platform to like represent those things but it was amazing to have you on it was so much fun I really felt like I was just like talking to one of my friends like that's exactly how I felt I think you're doing big things I honestly like any like young female entrepreneur someone with a voice like doing something like fighting for something telling someone's story like 
I have like eternal respect for them. Yeah. So I'm really proud of you. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Of course. And it was so nice meeting you. You too.